welcome to this fourth episode of the Learn Buteyko podcast. This episode has turned out to be somewhat unexpected and clarifying as I am sure will be the case for our listeners as well. It was in hindsight a conversation at the core of the purpose for this podcast. Because we intend during this series on the life cycle to give you clues, definitions and explanations about the practices of the method. Also the science behind the effectiveness of the method, about Professor Buteyko himself and the process he went through to shape what we know today as the method that carries his name. And we also intend to make it as entertaining as it is fascinating. But when it comes to connecting with those who would benefit most from knowing about the Buteyko method, the question of what the approach should be arises. Shall we start with very thorough, precise definitions Shall we give testimonials, anecdotes of instances where the method has worked? Shall we explain the science behind it? Well, in a way, this conversation triggered all this within the discussion that ensued after Marcel's precise definition of the Buteyko method. A conversation that could clarify greatly what different listeners might find useful to grasp about the Buteyko method. The alternative to the alternatives. I urge you to listen to this episode of the Learn Buteyko podcast because it is going to capture it all for you in the end in the most illustrative way possible. Again, I have the pleasure to share this podcast's episode with what is without a doubt the most experienced team on the Buteyko method in the world. We have today with us Vladimir, Christopher, Martha, Marcel, Irini, Nicholas and of course Hugh, giving you the perspective of the long-term student of the method, asking and in some cases answering those questions that you might have. I am sure that you are going to find this episode of great interest. So Hugh, in terms of the fundamentals of the method, we have addressed the control pose in previous episodes, the measure of our health. Now let's delve into the maximum pose today. And maybe this will be also a good opportunity to establish that only conscious practice can retrain your breathing for the purpose of your health as opposed to any device, no matter how well thought out its therapeutic purpose might be. Isn't that true, Hugh? Yes, well, well as the student of, of the Bateco method, it is a very good resource to manage one's own health and take away the fear of being powerless in the face of illness. But the Bateco method sounds strange, alien even. And at the start of the podcast, this is the fourth one, it will never be, it seems to me, a waste of time to define again what the Bateco method is. And I wonder if, Marcel, you would please do this. The purpose of Bateco method is to reduce the depth of breathing 
in accordance with the laws of physiology. Our parents will be particularly alert to the pulse and body temperature of their children. With these physiological measurements, people are mostly familiar. Less known is the optimal norm for breathing. This is three to four litres a minute. And as you alluded to, this was given a measure. Professor Buteka developed a way of measuring a person's breathing, that is the ventilation of the lungs and sensitivity to carbon dioxide, a manoeuvre called the control pause, which consists of a breath hold after an exhale and counting the number of seconds before the first urge to breathe arises. And that turns out to be the most important measure of health. Control pause of 60 seconds comports to optimal health. Anybody with a control pause less than that can benefit from the method. Now, in order to achieve a higher control pause, a better level of health, Professor Buteka, who had the rank of a three-star general in the Soviet Union, had enormous resources with which to do his research. So he was able to test all pharmaceuticals. He was able to test, um, well, there was no surgery. And as an engineer, he was able to invent devices. But neither the pharmaceuticals nor devices resulted in a reduction of people's breathing. It would be temporarily, but in the long run there is a rebound because it interferes with the body's natural defence and compensatory mechanisms. This category of disorder, chronic disease, is so called because there is no known cause and no known cure. But Professor Buteka's two great discoveries were A, that everybody who suffers a chronic disorder breathes more than the optimal norm, three to four litres a minute, and then to develop this approach to reversing that because it's a biochemical process. The trigger to breathe is not a uh, pumping mechanism, it's not our desire for oxygen, it's the respiratory centre's sensitivity to carbon dioxide. The control pause measures that, but how to increase a control pause, which on average now we're finding is around 17 seconds, if optimal breathing is 50 to 60, well, 60 seconds per minute, what to do? So he spent years researching and idea came to him that extending one's volitional deliberate breath holding in an incremental orderly way achieved an increase in the control pause by increasing the respiratory center's toleration of carbon dioxide and hence reducing the depth of breathing. But it has to be done in an orderly incremental way to avoid the rebound and the other problems that can occur. Now, the problem with the devices is this rebound effect and pharmaceuticals. Symptomatic relief, short-term relief only, yes, 
but stop using the devices or use them over a long time, the pharmaceuticals, condition worsens. There is in fact a rebound. So not only do people um, lose any um, extra carbon dioxide the body's managed to tolerate through using a device, it will have a net loss by taking out even more CO2 than you had before. So it's a net loss of carbon dioxide. Does anyone mind if I interrupt? I think what Marcel has just said is probably, it is, I'd say, technically just about perfect. And someone who understands the method can actually, because everything she said is right, I can vouch for that, pretty much accurate. But for someone who doesn't know about it, they, they wouldn't pick it up because it's too many disparate things. You know what Bottega method is. Oh boy, you have to go around in circles, diminishing circles, because if a person never heard of it before, oh, that's too dense. But it's not incorrect, because I was waiting for a mistake. There was no mistake, but I fear for the average person, it would be unintelligible. I'm following it just by hanging on by my fingernails, but for someone who uh, never heard of it, I don't think that that's gonna, that, that uh, explanation will do. That's it's accurate it. enough. I mean, for students, for young practitioners or whatever, students, yes, they should have that, uh, they should understand. And uh, what do you think, Vladimir? I think you're right. We should take care about see, normal people, simple, normal people, and should, they should understand. That's why, see, I see usually people do in the same situation. They make, see, reference to some well-known persons, yes. like, okay, Henderson, for example. Henderson yes, said, yes. carbon dioxide is most important hormone for human body. That's it. And when the level will be normalized, every disorder should get out. Perhaps our advantage point, I mean, uh, I can definitely relate to that, is that we started by doing the method and all these things that are very technical and we are talking about and i think it's it's very good that people see that we are very thorough but our vantage point is that we did the method first and we saw the benefits and then we were interested as to why is this so effective and perhaps what marcel said could be see if you agree this is a way of training your breath in order to regain your health and control of your health and you can only do it consciously with training that you apply yourself there is no devices there is no pills that are going to do it for you you have to do it that's the empowering part that's also the difficult part and i think that's that's the the key point maybe maybe you can address the technical part of it from what I said and developed from that. I would like to mention respiratory center, what is responsible for in breath, right? For breathing. This method, of course, is a system of breathing exercises with aim and aim to recalibrate respiratory center. As a result, shallow breathing will be natural and easy. I, I think, I, if I may say, we've got to break this down because more and more, particularly those people who we're trying to reach are becoming less and less able to comprehend and are they easy, becoming easily overwhelmed. I think that somebody, even if they're medically trained and they were 
paying attention to what you're saying, they would probably grasp it. I mean, but they would really have to concentrate because there's not there's nothing was said that was incorrect, but you're dealing with three or four different systems which come together. Vladimir mentioned one part, which is this respiratory center. Everything you mention about Bottega method has now 20 or 30 questions attached to it. First of all, question to breathe less. You'll get less oxygen. No, 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 bore effect. Let's explain that. Oh, next little point, you breathe too much. Why do we breathe too much? It's another six hours of discussion about that little point, you know? And why isn't the body doing it naturally? And this respiratory center, no one heard of it. No one knows where it is. I don't know if this is a true story or not, but I heard apparently Buteyko knew what he's doing. He's trying to retrain the respiratory center. And then he said to the, he, apparently he called up the, what do you call it? Where they deal with the cadavers, the, the dead bodies or whatever, you know, and we want to find one of these respiratory centers, you know, like let's get one and from this part of the brain, you know? And then they get this respiratory center and it's a little thing and they put it on the plate and they cut it and some comes out and everyone says, well, that's it. No one knows what that is. No one understands how it is, what it does, how it works, what's inside it. And uh, that's it. End of uh, end of that little. It's like some Aboriginal finding a semiconductor, you know, like there's nothing not going to compute, you know. So, and then now we're going to try and explain this to people. There are too many, there's a confluence of too many principles which are unknown, not understood, or there are new ideas you have to explain in, in a, just breathing less already, you now have a pile of problems. Ah, so if you breathe less, you'll get less oxygen because carbon dioxide releases the oxygen. Okay. So why do you breathe more under exertion and strain then? Because you need more oxygen. Yeah, but it also produces carbon dioxide. Oh, oh, yeah. oh boy. Well, I was thinking, I mean, you are skilled practitioners. And if you have a gentleman who understands that there's something wrong with his breathing, yeah, then the way you help him practically and show him what to do in the context of a workshop is going to do the trick and he yes, doesn't yes. necessarily have to know too much of the science which he can find out if he's interested as he goes along as he goes along precisely i mean i it, it, to understand what's going on i assisted stalmatsky i saw a few hundred students and then i began practicing myself and then after that after three months or so the penny dropped some people get it very quick we can refer to our videos to do a short introduction for the podcast and refer to our videos if someone wants more detail. Yes. Also, Nicolas, you, you are a trained scientist and you are also a practitioner. You relate to the students. We're doing it in Spanish. So we relate to the students as we're trying to help them, try to explain to them what to do. Yeah, we explain to them the theory as well but you also have a, a, a scientific background. So maybe you can help us with this. I think one thing is the practice and the other thing is the theory. If you are given a method and it works, the same word for science, you first have a phenomena and then you try to explain it, but you first had the phenomena 
and you see how it works, and then you do the theory. I think this is the same. What about Hugh describing the experience of learning a maximum pause and the effect it has? Well, I'm happy to say I've been trying to learn the maximum pause for about 11 years, and I'm only presently really coming to terms with it because I see it's quite necessary. But uh, it's, it's very strange, but it's not actually, it doesn't seem to me to be particularly difficult if you accept that it's going to help you. Otherwise, you'd think, what the hell am I doing, holding my nose and shaking about? But if you do accept there's something wrong with your breathing, and you're breathing too much, then this is a way... I mean, I've had good experiences in the last few weeks of suddenly realizing that my breathing is a little less... Um, I'm not over-breathing so much. There's been a moment of stillness and you go up a flight of stairs and you realize when you get to the top, you're not out of breath. And conversely, if you get it wrong and you go up the flight of stairs, you find your breathing is all to cock and you think, my God, this is very serious. So it is a learning curve. But if you are sympathetic to the idea that this basic thing that you do all the time there might be something wrong with it. I mean, that's what I got immediately. I went to Martha's first talk that I went to on this, that there was something about the breathing. It's really interesting, Hugh. I was told, I was told by like a big brain guy who said that there's a few things that the human brain doesn't do well with. First of all, a cumulative effect doesn't uh, get it very easily. Then exponential effect, very hard for human brain to wrap itself around that one, right? Then phase transition. Phase transition is a phenomena in which you would heat water and it gets hotter and hotter, but nothing happens until about 98 degrees. I mean, it literally stays still and does nothing so nothing really happens when you're looking at it until the extreme comes. That's called phase transition. And then there's the compounding of interest. You would think that everyone kind of gets it, but they don't really understand it, particularly the idea that a banker lends out money for interest. And then as they send their payments in, he relends that money. So the interest is compounding in the other direction. And they also don't understand interest when it's front loaded. So you've only been paying the interest, the first number of payments, and then all this kind of stuff. They don't, people don't like it. The more intelligent they are, the more easily they grasp these things. And Hugh obviously was intelligent enough or was able to pick it up, the accumulative effect. Because it dawned on him, as it does some people, that, geez, I breathe a lot in the terms of I breathe all day, 24 hours a day. And if there's something wrong with the breathing, the accumulative effect is going to be rather large because I do it so frequently. I must have understood, but put more simply than that, I've often thought if everything else in the body can go wrong, and people are very happy to admit that it can, 
why on earth should one's breathing not go wrong? That's, it seems people have a blank there. They think their breathing is just happening and nothing can go wrong with it. But you said to that, you said that to me, that statement, more or less, you said to me straight after, straight, uh, shortly after you learned the method. In one of our first conversations, you said exactly that. How many years ago was that? 11. That was a long, 11 years ago, roughly 10, 11 years ago. We were together somewhere, either on the phone or Skype or maybe in person, I forget. But it was right after you just started to crack on with it and learn. You said, this is a, that you're, you're breathing, you know, like everything else can go wrong. Why can't the breathing go wrong? And you're doing it all the time. The consequences could be dreadful. And it explains such a diverse a number of consequences. And I thought to myself, well, of course he's right, but geez, he picked up early because not many students, do you hear, hear students say that, Martha? I don't. I still remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that kind of comment about some sort of concept of accumulation and an accumulative effect. And that um, it's obvious that breathing could go wrong seeing as everything else goes wrong in the body. I've, I've not heard that comment before, actually. I, I, I assume quite a few patients, several hundred patients, maybe a thousand or so that I've seen, I would expect them to have got that, but that represents a very small percentage. I've got patients that have done marvelously well, high control pause, high maximum pause, and they still done still some basic points they didn't uh, they, they they didn't know. But it doesn't matter because the control pause went up, maximum pause went up, everything is fine, you know, that's okay. But there's some basic stuff, and not many practitioners in the world of Bateco practitioners know that carbon dioxide is heavier than oxygen. If you go to the Australian website, practitioners taught by Stalmatsky, headed by, by practitioners taught by Stalmatsky, and he told them, you can be sure of that, but they didn't like his teaching style and wanted to make it more professional, like more professional. And Stalmatsky, you could actually give him a new middle name. You could call him Alexander Shallow Breathing Stalmatsky, because may, the main thing he said in the first few years of his English language experience was shallow breathing. That was what he said. And shallow breathing it's not a very medical term, you know, you should. And they devised a much superior medical term. They didn't want to call it shallow breathing anymore. It sounds too casual. They called it reduced volume breathing. Now, the problem with reduced volume breathing is that you could reduce your volume by slowing your breathing down, couldn't you? You could, you could take a breath every minute or do some other way, you know, but shallow breathing was the very small breaths and they just wanted to reduce volume. 
and they wanted that and that's their understanding and to this day there are botaiko books for sale which says botaiko method as taught by so and so and so and so the secrets of slowing the breathing down which botaiko was against most people say about the method is that they feel better afterwards yeah and it doesn't leave anyone indifferent after each single maximum pulse three it's it's the effects are so obvious i was a biohacker it, it just basically means you you decide you make a decision to take charge of your own health so you start applying things you get supplements you know diets uh, exercise all that kind of stuff and you it can get very complicated i didn't get to that level yeah but as soon as i did buteco i was like this is the only thing i know it works yeah like i know it the next minute yeah i other things worked also uh, iodine for example really interesting reactions there but buteco was like all encompassing and also immediate and very obvious it's like is there anything that that is more obvious than buteco as to the direct effect on your well-being on your level of energy on healing your chronic illnesses it was actually this thing that we were talking about before about vantage point that we have that we did the method first and then we found out about the theory behind it in my case it was extreme because i was interested on in reading books about health but it was precisely Buteco that I wasn't really very interested in because I knew it worked. Yeah. Other things I had to find out in order to see if they were going to work. And many times I didn't know if they were working, like take a vitamin D supplement. I didn't know if this specific supplement was doing something because all this kind of long term. Yeah, it's good. Vitamin D is important, but you never know what this specific vitamin d supplement is doing because you you don't really feel the difference very clearly yeah and uh and with Butego, it was just so obvious that i didn't feel the need the urge to to learn about it it was only after when when i started to promote it in my family etc did you did all of you have all of you watched joe's testimony you've watched it oh <laughs> my god perfect joe I can't even, I can impersonate Joe. I can do a Northern accent, but the reason why I can't impersonate his video is because he lists so many alternative therapies. He lists them all from the top of his head and he has a list of the things that he did, right? Okay. And then he talks about how he did Boteca method and that uh, that's it. There was a dramatic change, you know? And it's the list of things he did, which is absolutely appalling. It goes on and on and on and this technique and that technique. And he said that at the end of it, he said, did any of it work? He said, I don't know. Maybe some helped a little. I, I don't know. Buteyko method, you know, it was really obvious. I mean, it's a great... Uh, I mean, we can, I, we can, we can play. I can find it. You can, we can share it on the screen. But it's a. I watch that, and everyone is very impressed. I think that's a great idea, Christopher. Let's listen to what Joe Morrill has to say. Joe is a Buteco practitioner, and he managed his health with the Buteco method after a decade of fatigue from 
chemical exposure. Let's listen to his testimonial. It's pretty amazing. All right, well, here's a list of things that I tried in the nine years when I was ill. I'll begin with the practitioners I employed. I won't mention any names. Some of them are quite famous and I don't want to run anyone down. But just to give you an idea of the kind of thing that I went through for nine years, and I know lots of other people went through this merry-go-round of trying all these um, supposedly promising um, therapies and, and uh, practitioners who write books and um, you know come up with all these products, and yet in the end you find you don't get anywhere. So practitioners employed. I saw an NHS respiratory consultant who said there was nothing wrong with my breathing. I saw private four uh, well-known private doctors. I saw a naturopath. I saw two homeopaths. Um, I saw two osteopaths, craniosacral, a holistic dentist to remove my mercury amalgams, fillings. I saw an ozone therapist. I saw several acupuncturists. I saw shiatsu practitioners, and I trained for two years myself at, at a shiatsu college. I saw a Tibetan, Tibetan pulsing practitioner. I saw a hypnotist, um, a Scanar practitioner, and I trained and bought the Scanar device. I saw Western herbalists, a Tibetan herbalist, uh, uh, DMSA chelation. I saw various nutritionists, and I trained as a nutritional therapist myself for three years. I um, saw a I was under the tutelage of a Gerson therapist for 18 months on their juicing and coffee, en coffee enema program. I saw a lightning process practitioner. I had light and sound stimulation, inc including the brain bed, EFT practitioner, crystal therapist even. Uh, other modalities that I explored independently included liver and gallbladder flushes. That's uh, and Andreas Moritz's program. A juva intestinal parasite and toxin cleanse, raw food, uh, that's Gabrielle Cousins and uh, David Wolf, Robert Young's alkaline diet, the Candida diet, and other infection treatments such as colloidal silver, allicin, olive leaf extract. I did the hay diet, food combining, which is separating animal protein from carbohydrates, the Okinawa program, the uh, Robert Erdman's amino acid supplementation. Lauren Cordain's Stone Age Paleolithic diet, um, the omega-3 flax oil diets such as Udo Erasmus and Joanna Budwig, uh, Elaine Gottschall's specific carbohydrate diet. I did uh, nutritional supplementation in enormous quantities, including superfoods, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, hormone supplements. I self-injected vitamin B12. There was alkaline water, ionized water, distilled water, water from artesian wells, stabilized oxygen drops, infrared sauna, zapping, alpha stim microcurrent stimulator, urine therapy, detox footpaths, James Wilson's adrenal fatigue program, Jacob Tietelbaum's chronic fatigue program, and it goes on. They're just the ones that come to, came to my mind this morning. That's nine years of experimenting. And you know what? I got to the end of nine years and I wasn't sure any of it made any difference. Maybe one or two things relaxed me a bit. I thought, did it work? Didn't it work? 
It wasn't until I got to the Bateco program, I did the five-day beginner's program, and at the end of that, I had an enormous panic attack. I think as, as the toxin, the first dose of toxin hit my liver, the first cleanse, and then Martha calmed me down and said, it's gonna be fine. And would you believe it, I calmed down and I felt the best I'd felt for a decade. Now that was the first stage. I went through many cleanses after that, but that first cleanse and the calm and the clarity in my mind that came afterwards told me that finally I had found something that was putting me on the right track. And from then on, I knew I had to stick at the Bateka method because this was the only thing that really made any difference. I mean, I'd heard about healing reactions before. I'd heard, heard about this uh, healing from, uh, from present time, going back in your life, you heal from superficial diseases to deeper diseases, all these things I'd read about, but I hadn't come across anything that actually could instigate, could actually provoke that genuine natural healing reaction until I came to the Bateka method. When I got to the Bateka method, it was very clear that this could be provoked, it was real. I'd begun to think it was a myth that the body couldn't actually heal itself, that once you were stuck, you were stuck, that was it. You were gonna go into progressive decline until the day you die. But it, it is possible to, to, to instigate that, that, um, that healing, that response. But as far as I know, only the Bateka method will do that. I think enumerations can be one of the most powerful rhetorical devices and this was a really great example. We couldn't have found a better way of explaining as to why you must know about this method. And again, I urge you to find out more about the classical Buteco method in this website www.learnbuteikoonline.net where you can find testimonials like this one and you can find out also about webinars for free to find out more about the method where you can ask your questions to the practitioners giving them. You can also sign up for the courses if you want to delve deep into what the method can do for you. And I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode. I think it was really, really interesting. And I will see you in the next one. Thank you very much.